Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambo, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Subject, the fear of God. We have tried to, no doubt, throw a lot at you this weekend, and we have. Still got some to throw at you, okay? Again, we don't expect, and when I say we, I mean the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and myself, we don't expect you to catch it all. What we hope has happened here this weekend that we have intrigued you 
toward God just enough that you will consider and then begin to move into and learn to fear God. It is a key. When, 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 when I, I do a thing that I've never done for you, then one day I will. It's, it's, it's the keys of the kingdom. When Yeshua gave to, to Peter, he said, Here, Peter, here's the keys to the kingdom. From time to time, this prophet will give you a key. I am giving you a key to the kingdom of God this weekend, a key that few have ever even heard of. Oh, everybody, I'm sorry, everybody's heard of the fear of God. The problem is no one has been taught in the depths of the fear of God. You have an opportunity, and I pray that you seize the moment. If you do, that's fine. And you know what? If you don't, we're not going to fall out about it. Hallelujah. Turn, if you will, into the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. The first chapter. Now, these, these uh, shouldn't be at all unfamiliar to you. I'm sure they're not. Proverbs 1.26. I will also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Have you ever had that happen to you? Huh? When all of these things seem to be coming on you, things seem to be falling apart, you cry unto the Lord and, and, and bless God, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. What does he say? He says, but I will not answer. They'll seek merely, but I, I, I shall not, uh, I shall not, they shall not find me. 29, for that they, for that they hated knowledge. Now, I want you to stop for a moment because you're going to have to look through the eyes of God. You're going to have to look through the eyes of God for just a moment here. He is saying, for they hated knowledge. For they, uh, uh, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, how many of us have been in distress? All of us. I called upon the Lord. Okay? David said, I called upon the Lord. David said, I called upon the Lord. How often have we called upon the Lord and been 99.9% of the time so, so distraught because he was nowhere to be found? But yet the Scriptures, and by the way, the only way that you and I can be taught is by the Scriptures, all right? Because there is evidence of God. And the Scripture, point blank, tells us here that when all this comes upon us and, and, and we pray, he's not going to be anywhere to be found. He's not going to answer the prayer, in other words. But he's saying because they hated knowledge. Now, that, that, that's quite a term because when you stop and think about once you know to do good and do it not as sin, we all know that, right? Now, the problem with prophets is that we bring revelation knowledge. We bring knowledge. Got the word? Knowledge that God wants you to have. When you come and you bless God, you sit. When you come and you sit in a building like this, then at that point in time, you now are going to be required of this knowledge. You're going to be required of the knowledge that's come here today. You have a, a, a chance to do what? To, to learn it, or you have a chance to reject it. Now, if you reject it, God is saying you hated the knowledge that he brought you. That, that's a solemn, that, that's solemn statement, but it's the truth. You can't, you, you, you see, somehow we see God as something other than he really is. Yes, he's a God of love. Yes, he's a God of might. Yes, he is a God that wants his children to have everything. And again, as I said, that's a reason he put it in a book. That's a reason or had it, had it put in a book. That's a reason that, bless God, that if in fact we, we will adhere unto what he's doing, then bless God, we're going to have the opportunity, bless God, to do what? To walk in the freedom and the truth of his holy word. Now, he goes on to say in the 30th verse, they would none of, they would, they would none of my counsel. They didn't want none. They, they despise my reproof. All right. Therefore, shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. So in other words, we're actually eating the fruit of, of, of the way that we chose. Like I said, you choose God, you can be blessed. 
You don't choose God, you're going to walk in curses. And when you walk in curses, there's no way in this world for you or I or anyone else to be blessed of God. There's no way to do that. The key is to have knowledge that will bring you away from the curses that you have lived in. The church is living in curses. They don't know that, or I do believe that they would change it. Their their religion won't let them change because they have what? They have decided that that is all that there is. There is no more. So see, see, they 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 are eating the fruit of their own way, and and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearketh unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. You mean you can be away from this fear of evil thing? Evil won't come and touch you. You will have the upper hand over evil. And evil is everywhere. Evil is lurking. And bless God, in every corner, every street, up and down every, every city and town and village across this world, evil is presence. But God's promises are what? They're true. Let's go to Proverbs, the second chapter. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Now, see, there's that word if again. Just two small letters, but boy, what a pain. What a pain it can bring. If thou wilt receive my words. You can receive his words, but will you? You have to receive. And see, the, the, the key is to understand that God has set this thing up where we don't have it all, all at once. It's here a little, it's there a little, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. That's what God says. So as this revelation knowledge comes to us, then what we have to be careful about is rejection of the truth. There is so many things today, especially in North America, that bless God that is being taught, I don't know how people can sort it all out. I, I, I have no idea. You know, we, we've got people uh, teaching all kind of things, and yet people are saying, yay, yay, nay, nay, no, no, okay? Who, who, do you, who, do you, who do, is it that you trust? Everybody wants to hear from God. Say amen. amen. That word in your lap is God's voice. And if whatever it is that you're following after, including this prophet, doesn't line up with this word, you run from it. See, people say, well, how are you going to know? I just said, well, I don't know how you're ever going to know. Oh, yeah, I do. It's in the book. It's in the book. The problem with the book is, is revelation knowledge, the spirit and life. And the problem is being around ministry that can bless God take you past the fundamentals of Christianity. Take you past the things that, bless God, the church should have long since come past. The church should have been walking in holiness centuries ago. There should have been great and mighty works of God being performed on this world, this, uh, around this world long, long, long ago. But it's the lack. What is it that destroys it? The lack of knowledge. What is God? Knowledge. Do you have an opportunity to receive knowledge? Yes, every day. Pick up the book and read it. Study it. Meditate it. Fast over it. Pray over it. And hunger for God. Well, well, I do hunger for God. Do you ask God every day to show you more in His Word? Now, I'm not saying that little, that little voice, this is God. Well, that didn't sound little, did it? No, no, I'm talking about in the Word. See, that's the reason I told you all in the beginning, you will become students of the Word of God around this ministry. You will learn to study. You will learn to meditate. You will learn because you don't know everything. And any time that any of us believe that we know everything in the book, pack up the suitcase because it's over. Take down the tent. The circus is leaving town, okay? It's over. Knowledge. Knowledge. That is what you must seek is the knowledge of God through His Word. And understand again, God doesn't turn loose revelation knowledge all at once. 
He has been doing that from the time he said, let there be light. And as generations pass in preparations for generation that may be coming or for that of that generation itself, in every generation, God releases just a little bit more of this knowledge. Now, we have read the book. We have studied the book. Ministers have ministered this book for centuries. But bless God, when it comes to the kind of depths that has now come, and they didn't have the depths. Why? They did not need the depths for this time in which they were, uh, the time in which they were in, but we do for the time in which lies ahead that we are now in. And God knows that. So God is now opening up, and he's now pouring forth revelation knowledge to prepare you and I for the days of darkness that come, for they surely come. They come, okay? Now, he says, second verse, So that thou incline thine ear into wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as uh, for hid treasures, then, if you do these things, thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So you know what the problem has been? We have not cried after knowledge. We've not lifted up our voices and cried after understanding. We've not seek these things as silver and searches, search for them as hidden treasures. Because if we had a folks, the church would have moved into this. What happens is very simple. Every church has a doctrine. Amen? And every church is going to teach you that doctrine. That's, that, that's what they do. They, they get together, and, and they may be godly men, I, I, but, but they come up with this, this doctrine. And so these are the things that we believe in our doctrine, and they write them all down, and, you know, there's all kind of rules and all kind of things that go into this, and then they say amen. Then they begin to get people there. And, and you see, the reason there was the... Now, I'm not making fun of the Baptists, so please don't, don't try to, you know... But you see, there's a number of different Baptist churches, you know, right? Sure there are. You know how that happened? Because wherever and whatever the first one was named, maybe the first Baptist church, okay? Uh, bless God that uh, uh, somebody got unhappy and said, hey, wait, whoa, wait a minute now. Now, wait a minute. I, no, that isn't right. And they start doing what? Now, wait. They started judging, started sowing discord. Now, do you think them starting the second Baptist church? was going to be right? Uh-uh. No, they're already walking in a curse. All right? That is the way most of the denominations were started because they looked over there, starting with the Catholic Church. Oh, that's wrong. They sold the discord. And what happened? Just another church. Today we have just the other churches. We didn't get together. See, again, if there wasn't signs out front of our buildings, it would have helped. But no, no, we're proud of these doctrines, so we stick the. So you know, if you come into a church that says Catholic or Baptist or Pentecostal, you pretty well know what you're getting, okay? But what we needed, bless God, was teaching centers. We needed places that, bless God, weren't indoctrinated, and they could only stay with. I have known handfuls of ministers in my lifetime of my ministry that knows to preach truth but is afraid to preach truth because Jezebel will run them out of town. Isn't that a place to be? I wouldn't want to be in that place. But there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of preachers today that are standing in holy beamers across North America and the world that, bless God, know better. Well, well, Prophet, I just, I can't say, I can't say that. I mean, you know, I believe in the, you know, the film of the Holy Ghost. I believe in speaking in other tongues. But, you know, our doctrine, what is that? That's trouble for those people, big-time trouble. Again, to know what to do good and to do it not, what is sin? Sin brings curse. Curse eliminates blessings in your life. Let's go on. Proverbs 3. Now, these are some of my personal scriptures that I learned to love so well throughout the years, and I'm sure you have too. 3.1, Proverbs. My son, forget not my law, but incline thy heart, keep my commandments, 
For the length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now, there's a key if you want to have length of days, long life, and peace, all right? Among other things. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the tables of thy heart, so thou shalt find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And you know what? That's where the first, the first thing goes out the window with us when it comes to revelation knowledge. It is a blessed God. We get to leaning unto our own heart. How often have I hear people, how often do you hear people say, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I listen, but just something in my heart didn't... Uh, now, that sounds spiritual, but no, I'm going to tell you something. What they're saying is that they don't have the understanding in their heart, but they're trying to manufacture an understanding. I, I'm, I'm having this check in my spirit, in my heart. Now, it goes on to say, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health unto thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with thy firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Come unto the understanding of God. When you can make a vow, and you never vow to God unless you intend to keep it, right? But when you make a vow to God, you need to understand something. That vow is going to bond you to God. One day when you can begin to understand to make a vow to God that you are going to seek after his knowledge through fear and trembling of him, you're going to, you're, you're going to get yourself in place for great things to happen to you with God. But, uh, folks, again, probably the biggest problem in the church is the church is full of goats and not sheep, okay? And a few wolves tossed in there from time to time. And if you haven't listened to that, you need to listen to that, sheep, goats, and wolves, because it will identify who you are. When you get done with that, you'll know whether you're a true sheep, whether you are a goat, or whether you're a wolf. It is only the sheep that hear the voice of God. The rest of them are dealing in familiar spirits, which puts about 90% of the church in the familiar spirit realm because they're goats. They're not sheep. Sheep follow after. Goats take a little here. Well, I'm going over this one. I'm going over that one. Oh, oh I, well, I want to go to my church, and I want to be part of this. Those are goats. You know what goats do? Stir and cause trouble for everybody else in the church because they can't do anything but judge and so discord. Hello, goats. Do I need to come shake your hand today as you leave the building, goats? You've got to become sheep. And it's always the goats, by the way, that's got all these wild tales about God said. God does not speak to goats. Woo! Hi, goats. Huh? Hi. How about having that cast out of you today when you've got nothing else to do? Woo! Some of you wouldn't want to get rid of that goat spirit. Bless God, you couldn't be spiritual anymore, could you? Could you? How dare you how dare you judge a major prophet of God? Some of you sitting in this room have even done that this weekend. How dare you? Okay? How dare you? Who do you think you are? If you knew what you think you know, brother, you'd be here and I would be there. But I'm here and you are there. So therefore you couldn't know what I know. Proverbs eight thirteen. Fear the Lord is to hate evil. Now, we're getting to something. I'll give you a time here. I jumped real quick. Proverbs 8, 13. Now, here, here's, here's a secret to this, if there be one. The fear of the Lord, number one, is to hate evil. You have to hate sin, your sin, okay? Not somebody else's. You have got to hate your sin, all right? Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Those things God hates, all right? So you have to uh, arrogancy. He hates arrogancy. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Do you know what it? Do you know what it is? Come on. There's just a handful of you in this room that need to hear it. The problem is the ones that don't need to hear it's going to take it to heart. And those of you that need to hear this is going to miss the whole thing. When people, and this is a this is a beautiful setting, and we have it happen all the time. When people come here for the weekend 
And then they have these little, oh, my name is such and such, your name is such and such. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be hearing about your spiritual dreams and visions. Okay? That is arrogancy, the epitome of it, of you trying to make yourself look like something so somebody could look upon you as some great one of God. Stupid is he that doeth that. Some of you know exactly what I'm saying this morning. Some of you in this room are sitting like this. Hmm? You won't come in. You won't let people around about you come in because you're too busy being arrogant. That, and that's exactly what, the, what, what he was saying here. Proverbs 9.10. We read this one other time in, in some other, in fact, I think a couple of times. Uh, uh, Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the, whole, of, of the holy is understanding. So you understand there must be wisdom and understanding. There must be wisdom and understanding. Bless God to do what? To, to come to that place of understanding. That the fear of the Lord is going to bring these things. Not, you're not going to have all wisdom. It's the beginning of, of it. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. In other words, you'll become holy after you enter in to begin to understand the Lord God. Again, the problem is people don't understand him. They only know some doctrine that has been invented by man. Woe unto those Pharisees that invented doctrine for you. Woe be unto them that have walked this earth and still walking this earth today. Because they are teaching out of man's traditions. They're not teaching from the, from the throne room of God. They're not teaching by the, the angelic force that comes from the phone, throne room to bring revelation knowledge to the prophets. Woe be unto them. But they flock to them, and they would love it, and they'd love it that way. Why? Because the church world has been pampered so long with ministry. Oh, my. Jesus loves you. And, oh, no matter what you do, always remember you're going to heaven. And the prophet, get the sin out of your life and live. If not, curse yourselves and die and get out of the way so somebody else can come in. It's a difference. That's the difference between prophets and the church. We are going to demand. As I said, if you will hang on, grab on, and hang on to these tassels of this prophet, I will drag you through this thing. If you turn loose, there's not anything I can do for you, okay? Because, again, if you knew, if you knew all this, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I love the people that always come up, well, now, I used to have a guy in the congregation years ago. It didn't matter what I, what I prophesied. Every time. He was around a long time. And, and he'd come up and say, well, now, prophet, he said, I, about six months ago, I had that same vision. And finally, one day, I said, you know what? If you had that vision, then you wouldn't be sitting out there learning. You'd be up here teaching. Well, uh, 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 what was that about? The height of arrogancy. The height of it. God hates arrogancy, right? You think about that the next time you want to blow your mouth off so you can look spiritual in front of somebody. See, you've got to think, folks. This right up here is either going to get you in or out. You've got to take control of this through the Word and we're going to get to that here in just, just, just a while, okay? Now, let me see, uh, see where I want to do here. Uh, Proverbs 10.27, get there. Well, I've got to get to going here, folks. Ten, <laughs> like it's your fault, right? 10.27, the fear of the Lord prolongeth days, prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be what? Shortened, shall be shortened. Proverbs 13.13, 13. 13. 13, 13 of Proverbs, Whosoever despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. You'll be rewarded. He that feareth the commandment. Now, Yeshua's teaching on Sabbath was simple. The Orthodox Jews were so strict that if, uh, I mean, you know, if you cut your leg off, you wouldn't walk so many, or have your... Somebody dragged you so many paces from the front door of your house. The Christ came along and said, What one of you, if your ox was stuck in a ditch drowning, wouldn't go on Sabbath and pull out the ox from the ditch? So Sabbath-keeping uh, churches got into pulling the ox out of the ditch. Some of you have been there. 
it is so easy every time you want to go do something on Sabbath or buy something on Sabbath, well, we've got to pull the ox out of the ditch and just go do it. And what you need to understand, that bless God, that if you're not careful, you will be breaking Sabbath more than you're keeping Sabbath. Because pulling that ox out of the ditch isn't to be an excuse. The ox was going to drown in the ditch. When anything that's going on in your life is going to be detrimental to somebody else's life or your life, then you can, bless God, do what? Violate Sabbath. Repent, though, and be forgiven after it's over. But other than that, you can't do that. Well, I think we'll, uh, you know, I think we'll go uh, to the movie show on Sabbath. You got to buy a ticket. Huh? How about the pay-per-view on TV? Are you allowed to do that on? No, you're not. You're, you're having to pay for it right then and there. No. You're breaking Sabbath. The commandment is what? Keep my Sabbaths holy. Keep them holy, undefiled, all right? Undefiled. Now, Proverbs 14, 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Boy, I like that. In the fear of the Lord, there, there comes a place of strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. They'll be safe if you fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. In the fear of the Lord, that comes. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble therewith. You know, better to have the fear of the Lord in your life and be broke as a church mouse, as they say, than to be a millionaire going straight to hell. Proverbs 15:33. The fear of the Lord is the destruction of wisdom, and before honor is, is humility. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of, of, of wisdom, or the um, instruction, not the destruction, I'm sorry. Instruction of wisdom. So bring fear, get wise, all right? Proverbs 16:16. 16, 16. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. But now we know that. Proverbs 19:23 The fear of the Lord tendeth to life he hath the fear of the Lord shall abide satisfied he shall not be visited with evil Do you realize the promise that is you will not be visited with evil if you can find and if you can walk in the fear of God evil will not visit you Now I'm I'm telling you there there's a whole weekend there all right we don't have a weekend this is it wouldn't you like evil not to visit you? Huh? Bring yourself to the fear of the Lord. Bring yourself to that point. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. People are out here striving to have honor, to have riches, by humility. That's where that's going to come, by humility and the fear of the Lord, all right? Let's look in Ecclesiastics. I have a verse here, 12:13. Ecclesiastics 12:13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Okay, this is I like the way I like the way he talked. He says, "Come on, let's just get down to the let's get down to where the old rubber meets the road. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man." Woo! This is your duty. This is your duty to fear God, keep the commandments. Fear God, keep the commandments. Fear God, keep the commandments. It is not keep the ones you want to, keep the ones that your uh, local church says to keep. Well, they don't keep any of the commandments. What's the story? They don't have the fear of God. If they had the fear of God, they would keep the commandments. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. All right? And there shall come... Forth a rod out of the, uh, the, the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Who is that? That is the Holy Son, Yeshua. So was there the fear of the Lord upon him? Absolutely. You, 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 mean, you mean Yeshua feared the Father? Yep, sure did. There was no turning about to it. Third verse, and shall make of him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. See, he got a quick course, all right? 
and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Wow, he does it by the Spirit, okay? That's the way that it should be done. That's the way it must be done. I want you to write down now the next, uh, the next uh, few verses here for me. I want you to put down Isaiah 29:13. I want you to put down Isaiah 33:6. I want you to put down Jeremiah 2:9. I want you to put down Hosea 3:5, and I want you to turn to Malachi 3. Malachi 3:16. Malachi 3:16 through 18. And they that fear the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Last day. This time, this era. Malachi 4, first verse. And behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. The proud and the wicked shall be burned up. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, and they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. That is today. Okay? We are entering into a to a very deep, dark, troublesome time like the world has never seen or will ever see afterwards. It is only the fear of God that's going to bring us through this thing. He has always saved the righteous. He has always saved the righteous, and he's not going to change that. Not, not, not now. Turn it now to what you call the New Testament, Luke 12:5. Luke 12:5. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. So see, this isn't just an Old Testament thing, okay? <laughs> I love the way we wore that out in the church, all right? Well, that's Old Testament. That's the reason they named it Old Testament. So you would think old, that it doesn't apply today. And there's no reason to be concerned about it. It's just a historical, historical thing. Well, I got news for you. It's life unto those who can find it. Amen. So, so we're being told here, you know, you, 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 better, you better fear him. Acts 2. Acts 2. We're going to do Acts 2, 37 through 47. Acts 2. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did, the, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now, what came upon them? Fear. You mean the kind of fear maybe somebody going to come from the outside and shoot them? Uh-uh. The fear of God. And it says that they come upon many, and many signs and wonders. So the fear came... Signs and wonders came, all right, 44, and all that believed were together that had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. 
And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from the house to house, did eat their meat and gladness and signals of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such should be saved. They feared the Lord. The signs and wonders came to confirm God's word. And that's, again, what the church today lacks and, 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 and lacks no end. They sold everything they had. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, these stingy people, listen to me, stingy people, all of a sudden, these stingy people sold everything they had, and they began to give it to the people that had need. Well, what? well that was stupid. So would think the church. No, that's the way God is. That's called love. When you saw me, what, without a coat? When you saw me when I hungered and was athirst? When I was sick and when I was in prison? You came, you visited me, you took care of my need. They were entering in because they feared God. They feared that God's Word is still the truth. Acts 5, 1 through 11. Now, let me tell you something. I have said for years that we will one day return unto... And I have called it the Ananias and Sapphira Syndrome. All right? Here we go. Acts 5.1. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, doing the same thing the rest of them were doing, all right? And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, honey, I'm going to tell you what. Oh, I love this. I love it. Now, honey, we sold that. Now, you know, we got a little more out of it than we expected. And come on, me and you and Joy and, and Sarah and whoever else in the family, we need a little vacation down at the beach. Now, I know we're supposed to give it, but let's just, let's just give probably what it was worth, and we'll have enough. I counted out. We got enough to go in the wife said, bingo, vacation time. Let's party. Some of you, that just hurt. Some of you went, ow. Some of you lift, should have lifted up your feet because your toes were being stepped on. Because some of you hold back your part of the tithe and offering because you've got things you want to do. And you don't understand. You're willing to forgo the curse. You're willing to forgo the curse so we can party. You better be listening. You better be listening what God is saying. Now, the third verse. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Once it remained, once it remained, was it not thy own? In other words, when you had it before you said you were going to give it, it was yours. You could do anything you want to do with it because it was in thine own power. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. You're not lying to men. You're lying to God. See, we, folks, we just can't re relate that in that kind of a sense. We think, come on, because God's never come and been real to us. We know him by reading, which is fine because that's him. But if you could have only met him face with face, if you could only have two angels that come to stand before you that say, stand before me. It's much easier, and I agree, to fear God when I know that, bless God, when I mess up, one of those two angels is going to come, and they're going to reason with me. And I'm not doing any of the talking. They're doing all the talking. All right? Now, bless God, we are seeing this scenario open up. Never before in what we call the New Testament have we seen such a thing happen. The church doesn't want to teach or preach this why? Because it's called obedience. It's called fearing God that, bless God, or you mess up, you could die. Heaven forbid. That don't sound like the love of God I know. Well, you better, you better rewrite the definition for yourself. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. He died, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. I bet it came on them, and I bet the rest of them, bless God, that would probably like to have done the same thing that Ananias and Sapphira did, reached back in their billfold and said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait, when you go in now, cancel the vacation there, Ruby, because we're not, we're not going. We're going to give. You saw what happened to Ananias, right? Whew. 
This God's getting serious here. We better, let's just pay the, just pay it. We'll go on vacation next year. Huh? Is that getting that down here where you can see yourself, son? I hope it is. I hope it is. Because let me tell you something. When it comes down to what you need and what you don't need, there's a great big difference. Okay? Now, what you want is something different. But what you need is something altogether different. Remember that. Remember that. Now, great fear came on them. I bet it did. And the, and, the, and the young men rose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what it, had, what it was done, came in. She was out getting airplane tickets to go to Hawaii. Okay? Feeling good about herself. Woo! Got suntan lotion, sunglasses, big big hat, brand new bathing suit. Huh? About three. It took about three hours to do all that, and then here she comes. Now she's coming in. Are, are you are, are you getting the scene? Please, you know that I don't think they were going to Hawaii. Okay? They weren't buying airplane tickets either. Okay? Okay. Come on. And Peter answered unto her, telling. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Oh, man. Now, how did Peter know how much the land was sold for? Huh? It doesn't say that Ananias told him. Could it be that he discerned that? Yeah, could have been. And maybe somehow he knew. And she said, yea, for so much. She told the truth. Then Peter said to her, how is it that ye have agreed together, together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold... The feet of them which have buried thy husband, I'll bet your eyes got big there, are at the door, and shall carry thee out. And she fell, and fell she down straightway at his feet, yielded up the ghost, she died. And the young men came in, found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon many as heard these things. It's a shame that it takes pain. But, folks, about the only thing in this world that brings change is pain. About the only way to get the sin out of your life is something to happen that you directly can relate it to the fact that you've sinned and you're in trouble. Okay? You're, 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 you're in sin and you're in trouble. Well, of course. Of course. Bless God. If we had a meeting here today, as we're having And bless God, the Lord God would bring it upon me, and you were to come before me. And for God to make a point, one of you would have to die. Wait a minute. What kind of a God would that be? The real living God. See, we have had it so easy, so long, and we have made so many poor choices. And we're living in curse after curse after curse after curse. And I've often said, God, don't let it have to come to the place that there's got to be people go to the dirt just to prove your point. He's not past that. You don't know that. You know why you don't know that? You don't fear God. You don't fear God. You think, well, everything will be like tomorrow as it is today. If you feared God and feared this prophet, you'd know this whole thing is about to come down in the, in, here in the United States and in the world. If you feared God... You'd be making preparation by the word of this prophet. Prepare you. This nation's coming down. Prepare you. Your children are going to starve in the streets. Prepare ye. Blood will run in the streets of America. Prepare ye. But you know why you're not, some of you? You don't fear God. You have to fear God before you fear the prophet, just like we, we, have, we have taught you this weekend. And if you don't fear God, you couldn't, you could, you see, you couldn't fear me if you wanted to. But the fact of it is, if I'm a mouthpiece of God as a prophet, and I am, then when I'm talking, God's talking. Now, now, let's go to Acts 9.31. Acts 9.31. Hey, we're going to get through this all right. Hallelujah. I was, oh, I'll tell you, God's good. He does it every time. 9.31. Then Acts, we're in Acts. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, were multiplied. Now, let me tell you something. 
Here again is your New Testament and mine, okay? Now, what's it saying? That they were walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, the first thing that happens, and I'm, I'm certain with some of you that happened, is I went directly to the Tanakh, the Old Testament. And some of you going, well, that's Old Testament. Here we go. Beat on, beat on, beat on, beat on. No, it's the Word of God. But now, as God would have had it, we have now reached over into the New, not the Old, the New Testament. And now you're hearing the same thing. Fear God. The fear of God. Fear God. The fear of God. Acts 10. Acts 10. First verse, Acts 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feareth God. Now, now listen, that's quite, that's quite a testimony with all of his house. And now they all fear God, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of the Lord coming in to him and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And so are yours if it's done right. And now uh, send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Now what, what brought that all about? Because he and his, his household feared God. See, God can trust people that fear him. Now listen, people that don't fear and have the fear of God in them are not going to be prophesying, thus saith God. God isn't going to let people use his name and say, thus saith the Lord, and it be the Lord, all right, if they don't fear him. It is a fearing heart that God trusts. Why? Because if the fear of God, now listen, if the fear of God is in you, then you are not going to stand up there and shoot your mouth off about thus saith God and say things that bless God that he didn't say. No fear, you're going to rattle because you want your flesh edified and glorified. And boy, there's nothing more than the church wants, thinks they need, and somebody to stand up at least once a week and say, God said this or God said that. If they don't fear God, God's not going to use them. What's the percentage of preachers today in the United States that fear God? Not enough to spit on. What does that say for the rest of the congregation? Not much, does it? And it doesn't. The key is to fear this Lord. The key is to understand by fearing Him, all things are going to come. Fear Him, keep the commandments. We've heard it, what, over and over and over again. Now, in Acts 13, 16... We're going to pick up a verse here. Acts 13, 16, again, New Testament. Then Peter stood up and beckoning with, the, with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The rest of you go out and uh, bless God, get a drink. Okay? And ye that fear God. New Testament, Peter speaking. Acts 13, 26. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God... To you is the word of this salvation sent. Oh, man. To those of you that fear God, salvation is sent. 2 Corinthians 7 1. 2 Corinthians 7 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Okay? Cleansing ourselves with the word from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, okay? Perfecting holiness. Oh, this can't be the New Testament. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Oh, this is this just getting down. This is just, oh, man, man, man. Are we going to blame it on them Old Testament things? No, not anymore, you're not. It carried right on through like it should have, and it did. Perfecting holiness. How can you perfect? Mature in holiness. And do it in the fear of God. Because again, without the fear of God, you're not going to get, you're not going to walk in holiness. Ephesians 5, 21. Turn there. Ephesians 5, 
21. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Whoa, there it is again. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Philippians 2.12. Turn there with me, please. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What kind of fear? The fear of God. Fear and trembling. Why? Now, now, let's stop for a minute. Why do you think that that letter was written to the Philippians? Because they forgot to read or forgot to remember, whatever the case, when the Lord Yeshua said, the gate to eternal life isn't wide, it's narrow. And that's what he was, that's what he was, he was, he was talking about here. That way is a narrow way. Few thereby find it, as we, as we uh, uh, talked about, I think, on Friday night. And that's where he, that's where he is, he's coming to here with this thing. And, and he's saying, well, you're just going to have to work out your own, you're going to have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it better be the fear and trembling before the Lord God. Because you have to have the fear of God. Without the fear of God, you can't, you can't do this thing. You can't make it. You can't be blessed, your children, and you can't be protected. You can't, you can't have success. You said, well, now, 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 I, I'm, I want to beg a little difference here with you, prophet. Uh, I mean, uh, I didn't have the fear of job and uh, fear of God. And look at the job I've got. And well, I'm the president of two. No, now listen. There is the fear of God, and there's the luck of this world. And just because you're in church, you don't want to start thinking that bless God that you can't have just the luck of this world. You understand what I'm saying? And there's a big difference in this thing, a huge difference in it. But again, it's time for us to understand the truth. Let's turn now in the book of Hebrews 11.7. Probably most of you can quote this. All right, Hebrews 11.7. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and because heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Now, what did he say? He moved with fear. You mean he was afraid because he's afraid he couldn't cut all those trees down to get the lumber to build the ark? No, no, fear of God. Remember, Noah came in direct relationship with God. Now, I want to stop and say something prophetic here. There's never been a move of God on the face of this earth that God did not appear in the form of the angels to say directly to that person, this is what you are to do, all right? Now, why? Because it sets that person up because once you come into the presence of God, once an angel comes to you and says, look, I, I'm from the throne room, and here's what God wants you to do. This is your commission, this, 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 and this then you know that God is truly in heaven. You know that he sent that angel. And you know that best God, you best do what that angel's told you to do. Now, you go start out and you go, I don't know. You know, I don't see anybody, so probably they're not looking. See, that's our attitude. Of course they're looking. He said, I will be in you, and I will be with you, even if you make your bed in hell. I'll be there. That's the kind of God he is. But we get to believe in these things, but what keeps me straight is I remember. See, I, I remember when the angel came to me and said, here is your commission. You are to begin together the ten lost tribes called the house of Israel, the house of Joseph, and, and the house of Ephraim mostly the house of Ephraim. And you are to begin to gather them. You begin to, to bring in the first fruits and teach them and so that the multitudes will come. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. 
Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.